Hey guys, welcome to episode 3.5 of Scary Stories for the Soul. I, as always, am your lovely and most gracious host, Isabel Cortez. Uh, It is January the 10th. We are recording on a Sunday. Now, I was supposed to record on Wednesday. It was either supposed to be Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was actually supposed to be Thursday. Um, But me, being Isabel, got into a little bit of a thing that involved a broken contact and a scratched eyeball. So had to put it off for a little bit, but you know what? We're back. We're better than ever. We're a little bit blurry-eyed, but we're going to get through it. So last week, or actually two weeks ago, time is irrelevant. We recorded an episode about La Llorona, and it's honestly one of the most fun times that I've had recording because of the fact that I have just such a sweet spot for that specific legend, um, just because it, it was so big when I was growing up. And I think that no matter how terrified we are, if you're of like Latin, Hispanic, anything like that sort of heritage, you know that like you're constantly terrified of La Llorona, but it's it's such a good memory for you to be like scared because it plays such an important role in like you growing up. Um, so that was a really fun episode. This episode, we're going to read some people's first account stories of seeing her and hearing her. There is a website called legendsofamerica.com. It's a really great website. They focus on people and legends from around the United States. Their tagline is literally exploring history, destinations, people, and legends of this great country since 2003. So if you guys are interested in hearing more about legends from across the United States, this is a really good website for you guys to get a hold of. Like I said, it's called Legends of America. They do a article called La Llorona, Weeping Woman of the Southwest, that primarily talked about um, La Llorona and her impact on the Southwest region of the United States. Um, I got a couple of these first account stories from that specific article because whoever wrote it, and I really wish that they had given the author credit on the site, um, she went around or he went around um, getting first account stories from different people. So I got in a couple of emails from you guys and then I got a couple of these stories. So we're going to do a little bit of a mishmash of both. Um, as always, some names are going to be not said and that's mainly just because if you sent in an email and you put it on there specifically that you did not want your name to be mentioned, I will not be mentioning names. Um, there are certain people that like sent in emails that gave a first name but not a last name that's totally fine too and like I said from the very beginning if you guys want to send in these stories and you want to mention your name go for it if you don't that's fine leave it anonymous I'm totally okay with that so we're gonna dive right in the first is written by a woman named Nisi. she is from Lompoc California and she says I don't think anybody has ever heard of the city that I live in in the suburbs of a small valley town called Lompoc, California. Well, the story of La Llorona that I know was that she was a prostitute and every time she would have a child, she would take it to a creek and drown it. Before long, she was murdered by one of her customers and sentenced by God to wander the rivers and streets of the world looking for her children. La Llorona became so upset that she cried and cried, eventually drying her eyes out, leaving two black holes where her eyes once were, and her mouth grew incredibly large, resembling that of a horse. The legend continues that if she heard a child crying, she would come by them thinking it was one of her own. When I was a child of eight children, my family would warn us that La Llorona was outside waiting. During the day, we might cry when we heard this, but as the sun started to die, we were too scared to even walk alone through the house, thinking she might have heard us and waiting in a dark corner. 
One night, when I was about eight years old, I was terribly angry at my mom, and she made me sleep with her that night. However, I was so upset that I couldn't sleep, and La Llorona was the last thing on my mind. However, as I tossed and turned, I looked to the foot of the bed, and there stood a lady in a black dress with a purple trim. She had two black holes where her eyes should have been, and an enormous grin on her face. She had long, straight black hair that looked like it was blooming in the wind. The weird part was that I wasn't scared. I just sat up in bed staring at her for a good five minutes. When she wouldn't go away, I finally got tired and fell asleep. It wasn't until the next morning that I got scared and strange things seemed to happen to me in that house ever since. This house is said to be buried over an old Indian Spanish cemetery. So that's from Nisi. Wow, that's so that's really interesting because that's actually not a version of La Llorona that I've personally heard. So that's a really interesting take on that legend. Um, and especially this take on like, if you cry, she'll hear you. That is horrifying because what eight-year-old doesn't cry about literally everything. So this idea that like, if you burst into tears, La Llorona will come and snatch you away. Like, what if I fell on my bicycle? <laughs> Am I not allowed to cry because this horrible demon woman is going to come snatch me out? That's awful. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Nisi, for that. That, that was, that was awful. <laughs> okay. Um, this next one is from Adriana. Uh, she's actually from Houston, Texas. Okay. So it says when I was 12 years old in 1991, shout out to the nineties kids. My parents separated and my mother moved me and my brother to Monterrey, Mexico. In the winter, all three of us would sleep in the same room because there was no central heating, only electric heaters. There were two beds for my mother and my brother. I slept on the floor in a sleeping bag next to my mother's bed. One night around 2.30 in the morning, I woke up because I had been dreaming about my great-grandma. She kept calling my name three times to be exact. Just a few minutes later, I heard the scariest sounds coming from down the street. It was horrible. The cries continued each time coming closer to the house. I was so horrified that I could not even wake my mother who was laying right next to me. I was so scared I did not even blink. It was the most evil cry I have ever heard. Finally, it passed my house and slowly faded away. The next day, I told my mother, you know, I didn't believe in stuff like this, especially not La Llorona, but after that night, I do. Oof, that's awful. I wonder if, so she said that she dreamt about her great-grandmother, right, and that her grandmother was calling her name, but she called it out three times. So in uh, a lot of, like, Wiccan tradition, the number three is incredibly important for us. Um, so I wonder if her great-grandmother came to visit her in her dreams, and she called her name out three times, I wonder if her grandma was maybe trying to warn her that something was coming and that something was coming closer to the house, you know, um, as like a way of saying like, Hey, wake up right now. You got to get up. Something is coming. Um, I'm really interested in the fact that it passed by her house, that it kept getting closer and closer and closer and that it passed the house. So it's interesting. Like what if something, what if something or someone was powerful enough inside of your house that maybe La Llorona saw you pass by and, decided to just skip your house you know I feel a little bit bad for whoever house she did end up visiting but I think that it's it's cool that like maybe her grandmother came and visited her in her dreams and tried to warn her I think that's really special okay so uh, this next one is submitted by uh, Daisy Calderon um let's see here uh oh Daisy is 12 just celebrated her birthday happy birthday Daisy okay uh, my story of La Llorona takes place in Mexico. When I was eight years old, when my abuelita told me to go to the store to buy soda. All right, I'm going to put a pause on this really quick. 
Uh, it is in no way a weird thing for a 12 year old to go to the store by themselves because I remember hopping on buses when I was like nine years old with my older sister. Like this is just a thing that happens. Uh, just in case anybody was worried about Daisy going someplace by herself. Okay. Uh, let's see. This was during the evening as we were getting ready to eat supper. My brother and I left for the store and along the way we heard wailing, but we didn't pay much attention to it. Oop, strike one. However, as we continued on, we saw a young woman walking toward us. All of a sudden, my little brother started to cry and the woman ran toward him, acting as if she was going to get him. When we saw that she was floating instead of walking, we began to run back to our house and told our grandmother and mom what had happened. We just locked the door and started to pray to God to help us and make La Llorona go away. Ooh, that is awful. That is horrifying. I mean, obviously her brother starts crying because they they hear this wailing and it freaks him out. But it's this idea that like she zeroed in on him and just sprinted at him. Like she saw that he was in a vulnerable position and just freaking ran for him. That is insane. And I also, you know what? I got to give it up to your mom and to your grandma, Daisy, because you're, they could have dismissed you. They could have been like, she's making things up or you guys are seeing things, but no, you know, we locked them doors and we started to pray and the whole family got into it. So that's a really, really good, that's a good thing. I like when adults don't dismiss the scary things that kids see because in the end it does not help in them getting like better or getting past it. It just makes them feel terrible. So good for them. Um, okay. This one is from Emily. No last name. When I was eight years old, I had just started becoming interested in all things paranormal. I was researching La Llorona when all of a sudden I heard a noise. So I decided to check it out. Then I heard it again. It sounded like it was coming from the bathroom. So I walked in and stopped at the sink. Then all of a sudden my head was pushed into the sink and water started to run. The sink finally filled all the way and I was trying to breathe. Then I couldn't breathe anymore. I thought I was going to die of lack of oxygen. So I screamed and my mom came in. She pulled my head out after a struggle and hugged me tightly. She knew I wouldn't drown myself, so she started thinking. Then she froze and her face turned white. She screamed and almost fainted. I asked her what was wrong and she said, La Llorona. That's it. Wow. You know, okay, I have a theory as someone who's super into the paranormal that when you start to research paranormal things, you become almost like a magnet for paranormal things. I don't know if it's because in researching it, you are now noticing things that you wouldn't notice before, or if it's because you are sending off some kind of signal showing people that like you are receptive to these types of things. But I have noticed that people who are really interested in it tend to be more open to experiencing things. That's why people are like seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. And I feel like maybe this is what happened to Emily. Maybe because she was interested in seeing these things, she was giving off a vibe saying like, hey, I'm interested in seeing you. And unfortunately, the wrong thing took that as let me go try to hurt her, you know. Um, and I think it's it's interesting to know that Emily's mom immediately caught on to maybe something about La Llorona. It's maybe begs the question to ask, what if this is like a familial thing? Like, what if Emily's mom knows about it because it's maybe happened to Emily? I don't know. I'm asking a lot of questions here, but you know, this is question time. That was a great story. I kind of wish that there was a little bit more follow-up here. I, I, I want to know why her mom immediately jumped to that, but I guess only Emily and her mom would know that. Uh, let's see. Here's the next one. This is by 
Antonia Apilar of Eureka, California. Uh, when I was in the seventh grade, I had a frightening dream. I saw myself standing on a dark road with only illumination coming from a dim street light. The ground was wet, and in the distance, I could hear the sound of rain falling and the tap-tap-tapping of footsteps coming toward me. Peering into the darkness, I could make out a woman, dressed in all black, with a dark lacy veil covering her face. Strangely, as the mysterious woman grew closer, so did the rain. When the woman was about 15 feet in front of me, she looked over my shoulder. When I turned around to see what she was looking at, I saw a young child dressed in a white nightgown playing with a doll in the middle of a puddle of water. When I turned back to her, she was right in front of me. The veil was lifted, her eyes were abnormally wide, and her face was no more than three inches away from mine. Her terrifying eyes stared into mine, dead until I woke in a panic. I looked towards the window, and it was raining. As you can imagine, I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. The next day, I shook off the dream and thought nothing more about it until a year later. On that night, I was spending the night with my friend Veronica, who had also invited another friend named Sarah. In the course of the evening, Sarah, who was Hispanic, began to tell us some of the legends and ghost stories of the Mexican culture. When she began to tell the story of La Llorona, I didn't think anything of it at first. Then she began to tell of how the legendary spirit travels by water, dressed all in black or white, and is most always seen wearing a veil. Sarah continued by telling us that La Llorona fits her veil only to her victims, that in their afterlife she has chosen to help her find the bones of her lost children. Now I constantly wonder if, in my afterlife, I will be forced to help her find the bones of her lost children. Wow. That's, see, that's another uh, version of this tale that I haven't heard of the idea that La Llorona only lifts her veil to certain victims and that those people who she lifts her veil for are forced to help her find her bone, the bones of her kids. That's a really interesting take on the, on the story. And I think it just goes to show that like there are so many different versions and you can't say that one is wrong and that one is right. Like, cause they're all right. You know what I mean? Like they're all right. Um, that is really really scary uh that tonya would have a, a dream like that and the idea that like a year later it would all kind of snap back together i think it really shows the world has plans the world has plans uh okay this one is actually sent in anonymously there's no name there's there's no nothing but um whoever sent it in thank you for writing it in um it says Recently, while working as a copy editor for a newspaper, I came across a wire story about the Yorona that brought back memories of what happened to me while I was a student at Kansas City, uh, Kansas State University, my bad, in the early 1980s in Manhattan, Kansas, and led me to uh, your website where I read more about the legend. Oh, cool. This is one of the ones from the, the Legends of America website. Perfect. One evening, I went to a mobile home that I seem to remember being near a creek or river to visit a couple of my friends who also were attending K-State. As I walked into the door, I found them sitting on the sofa looking somewhat freaked out. They explained that the, just moments earlier, one of the bar stools was spinning and hopping around. As they were Mexican-Americans, they wondered whether La Llorona had anything to do with that incident. They explained the legend to me as I had never heard about it before. They would invite me to stay the night in a spare bedroom, which I did. Later in the night, a woman appeared to me, laying next to me in bed, oh God, and asked if I would know where her children were. It seemed that, while I may have been dreaming, I was half awake. Then I fully awoke and looked up toward the doorway, just in time to see a dark figure seemingly looking at me, and then quickly ducking back out of the doorway. 
Right then, that left me too scared to go check and see if that was one of my friends checking in on me, perhaps to see why I was talking in my sleep or something. I went back to sleep and waited until the morning to ask if any other of them had looked into my room during the night. Neither one did, so to this day, I do not know whether I really did experience a supernatural visit or if my dream and mind play tricks on me. And like I said, this one is anonymous, so... Oh, God, that's awful. That is just awful. Being, like, half awake and turning over and there's this thing laying in bed with you and it asks you, have you seen my children? I, And I understand, like, you're half asleep and you're half awake, so you don't really know if you're dreaming. But I feel like even if I were dreaming, even if this was, like, a nightmare, I still would have screamed. I would have just screamed my lungs out. I would not have been able to properly contemplate what was happening to me. Like, there's... There's a a person laying in bed with me and the only thing they can say is, have you seen my children? Like, I get it. You're half asleep. I would have, no, there's no way. I would have lost my goddamn mind. There's, there's no way. There's no way. Uh, Okay. Last story, guys. This one is from the website and it's written in the narrative of the person who wrote the article because they specifically interviewed this person. Um, So it goes. Uh, The story is of a man named Epifanio Garcia, who was an outspoken boy who often argued with his mother and his father. After a heated argument, Epifanio, along with his brothers, Carlos and Agustin, decided to leave their ranch in Ojo de la Vaca to head towards Villa Real de Santa Fe. However, when they were along their way, they were visited by a tall woman wearing a black tapelo. Tapelo is like a cover. Um, it's like, um, it's, it means to cover, but it's almost like a veil of some sort, you know, it's like a very thick, almost like crocheted veil. So it's, it's thicker than like what you would see, like a wedding veil would be made out of. Um, okay. And a black net over her face. Uh, two of the boys were riding in the front of the wagon when the spirit appeared on the seat between them. She was silent and continued to sit there until Epifanio finally turned the horses around and headed back home, at which time she said, I will visit you again someday when you argue with your mother. (laughs) God, okay. So this poor guy, this poor guy and his brother, like he's pissed off at his mom. And so him and his brothers decide to leave the ranch and they're just like, they're in like the wagon and they're like, he's probably fuming because of whatever he got into a fight with with his mom. And along the road, he sees this woman and he thinks everything's fine. Like maybe it's a little bit creepy, but then he turns around and she's sitting right next to him. And not only that, but she's like, the next time you're a dick to your mom, (laughs) I'm going to be there. (laughs) Like that is messed up. (laughs) Okay, two things. Epifanio, you shouldn't have been a dick to your mom. I don't know what you did, but I can guarantee you probably did something. So you shouldn't have been an asshole. Um, And second of all, this is one of the versions that I have read about La Llorona where she visits misbehaving children. It's like one of those cautionary tales where like if you're not nice to your mom or if you're not nice to your parents or but specifically to your mom that she'll come visit you and she'll take you away. She takes naughty children. So that's it's so messed up that like she zeroed in on his bad behavior and she was like, cut that shit out or I'm coming after you. Ugh, that is awful. That is awful. I wonder what his brothers felt about it. Like, did his brothers also see her or was he the only one who was able to see her because of the fact that he's the one who got into the fight with the mom? 
You know what I mean? Because it would be a little bit unfair if the brothers also had to see her and like get freaked out by her when they didn't do anything wrong. You know, like I, why do I have to be traumatized because you were being a douche? Like not fair. Um, cool guys. Those are really good stories. Like I said, a couple of them were taken from that website. Um, a couple of them were, uh, written in, um, that was really awesome. And like I said, I have such a soft spot for this specific legend because of the fact that I grew up with it. Um, and I think that sometime later on down the road, um, for this podcast, I definitely want to touch on this subject one more time because a lot of people mistaken La Llorona with Bloody Mary, with the woman on the side of the road, with uh, Banshees, which is like super crazy because especially Banshees have like nothing to do with La Llorona. But these legends have all become sort of intermingled because of the fact that they all pertain to wailing women or like haunted women. So definitely sometime down the road for this podcast, I want to be able to revisit this legend and just do more of a deep, deep dive, you know what I mean, into it. Um, and that means getting to hear a couple of your stories as well. So that was really fun. This was, I like I said, it's such a great legend and it's a legend that I hold very dear to my heart. So I had a lot of fun being able to go through your stories and being able to read a lot of these firsthand accounts. Um, I cannot stress this enough, that website, Legends of America, it's a great great website. It's got so much on it. Um, if you are interested in this, I definitely recommend that you, um, get a hold of it. There are also a couple of really great, um, like supernatural paranormal books that you guys can always find if you're more interested in going into deep dives about the way that different cultures, uh, have different legends. So, you know, Barnes and Noble is always open guys. So definitely go ahead, grab one of those books. It's a rabbit hole that you're going to be really happy that you went through. Okay. Stay safe. Stay supernaturally safe. How's that sound? Stay supernaturally safe. If you guys are wanting to research this kind of stuff, I am so gung-ho for that. We need more creepy people in this universe, but I definitely, definitely, definitely want to stress being supernaturally safe. Do your research safely, guys. All right? Don't just go around willy-nilly. Be safe. How's that sound? Yeah? Awesome. I will see you guys next episode. Bye.